thanks to our title sponsor, National University. National University is committed to supporting veterans, active duty personnel, and military families through flexible online courses and master's and doctoral programs in high-demand fields, providing excellent career advancement opportunity. National University is a yellow ribbon school that proudly accepts the post-9-11 GI Bill and goes the extra mile by offering additional assistance to cover expenses that may not be covered by the GI Bill. To learn more, visit nu.edu forward slash veteran. Well, hello, everyone. Vincent Aiello here, founder and host of the Fighter Pilot Podcast. And every once in a while, we like to check back with previous guests on this show to see what they're up to. Well, you might remember retired United States Navy Commander Guy Snodgrass. He was joined us uh, briefly back in November of 2019 to talk about his new book, Holding the Line. Then he joined us in January for an episode on air-to-air mission planning. Earlier this year, he started his own podcast, Holding the Line, and now he's back today. How's it going, Bus? Doing great, Jello. Great to be with you. Yeah, excellent. Well, you're going to tell us what your newest project is, but before we get to that, what's going on in your world? I think since we last saw you here on the show, you've moved and you've got other things going on. What's what's the latest? Yeah, absolutely. Moved the family from Washington, D.C. back to Dallas-Fort Worth area of Texas, where we've got uh, Sarah and I both have our respective families in this metroplex area. So it's been great to reunite with family, especially as every single one of us knows with the challenges that you know, basically everyone's facing with COVID. So we're, we're experiencing that right now. We've got three school-age kids, meaning uh, the oldest is in middle school, the two younger in elementary school, and we're just navigating those waters. Oh, yeah. Balancing between virtual and, and in-place learning. Well, but the good thing is, is you have built-in wingmen now. Like you said, you've gone somewhere where you've got family. So I take it grandma and grandpa on both sides are helping out? Yeah, no, it's been, it's been great. We've had a chance not only to have that assistance, like you just referenced, but also just to reunite. I mean, it's it's interesting when you have a military career, as you well know, you travel the world, you are gone a lot. So we spent more time with family in the past month than we probably did in the previous five years. So it's been amazing yeah. just to get a chance to reconnect. Good. Yeah. And I'm sure that's good for you. You were pretty much uh, firing on all cylinders there for a while. And I'm, knowing you, you're still probably hard at it. But on that note, that's why you're back today. Why don't you tell us, well, first off, how's it going with the podcast? And then let's segue into your latest project. You know, all the kind of media related stuff has been going surprisingly well. I, I obviously have you to thank for a lot of that. You gave me some of your background, your experience, things that you felt were lessons learned as you started off. But Holding the Line, the podcast has gone incredibly well. A lot of great feedback there. Have been picked up as a Forbes contributor. So I'm, I'm writing for that periodical. And then, as you kind of alluded to, you've got the latest book coming out here in just about two weeks. So it's coming out September 15th. It's called Top Gun's Top 10 Leadership Lessons from the Cockpit. And uh, of all the things I've done in the past year or two, this one is probably the most exciting just because, as you know, when you get a chance to dig into your bag of tricks, you think about the mentors you've crossed paths with, the men and women you've served alongside, you're always picking up these incredible lessons. So to put those into a, a really nice quick read and to get that out so that people can enjoy it has been a, a really fun task. Oh, no doubt. And I was fortunate enough to be invited into some of the early process of this book. Thank you. And so I'm looking forward to seeing the final product. But as I recall, you really capitalized on your personal experiences, but also as people in the military do, those who they are around, who have also demonstrated both good and bad leadership. So give us a little synopsis, if you would, of what, what the book is about. What, what, what can we expect to see in it? 
Yeah, and I think you just hit the nail on the head. You know, I start off with a little bit of the background of the Navy Fighter Weapons School, uh, more commonly known as Top Gun. Mm-hmm. And that just helps set for the wider American audience and even the international audience. What is the school? What's, what does it represent? Why was it formed in the first place? And so that sets the scene. And then what I spend the next 10 chapters doing is, is they're very quick chapters. And essentially, it's, it's an anecdote. It's a moment in time, whether I was a Top Gun instructor or maybe I was flying combat missions over Iraq or serving as the commanding officer of a fighter squadron in Japan. But you throw an anecdote in, something that really grabbed my attention and I grew immeasurably from. And it could be something I did well, but typically it's something that, like in all of our lives, you find out that you didn't perform nearly as well as you would like to have, but you've got these wingmen. You've got these guys and gals around you who are just top of their game and and they'll step in and help you out and put you on the path. And so that's the whole point is to share these anecdotes. What could I have done better? And then take those lessons learned and now turn those back around, kind of tie it up with a bow on top at the very end of the chapter before moving on to a different lesson Mm. in subsequent chapters. Okay. And are these lessons from, obviously they're from personal experience, but are they from events that you had or maybe events you witnessed? Uh, I'd say primarily events that I had. Mm -hmm. If you look back in your career, there's usually three to five just transformational opportunities. I felt like being a Top Gun instructor was certainly one of those, not only going through the school as a student, but also staying on as an instructor. Oh yes, And largely because as we both know, it's iron sharpens iron. You're there with people who have incredible talent for what they do. They're passionate about it and they've got these amazing personalities. So those three things, talent, passion, personality means that you're just surrounded by this almost a, just a very unique leadership laboratory. And so their stories largely cold from my experience of rushing and seeking to become a Top Gun student and instructor, and then also things that I learned while on the staff. And they carry forward as well to other experiences I had in the cockpit. All right. Well, with a title like Top Gun's Top 10, what kind of stories do you tell? I mean, we've both been there different times, but probably a lot of the same lessons learned. But what do you share? What can the reader expect to see and read in this book? Yeah. So one thing that I found throughout the entirety of my career that held true was that whether it was friends, family, Anybody who's outside of the military, and frankly, if you're just not flying a a plane in the U.S. military, you're fascinated by not only naval aviation and flying fighter planes, but also just the Top Gun experience. And that's what I really sought to capture with this book was to rely heavily on storytelling and to do so in a way that you're learning these leadership lessons throughout the 10 chapters, but where it doesn't feel like you're taking a spoonful of medicine. So I do that by bringing the reader into the flight. So it could be a uh, like my inaugural flight where I'm basically doing my rush ride at Top Gun. I'm I'm dogfighting against one of the more senior Top Gun instructors, and I go into very granular detail about what that experience was like. Right, so you're bringing the readers along with you as you're dogfighting the jet, or another experience actually prior to Top Gun where I was a junior officer flying combat missions into Iraq, and unfortunately we had a sailor die on board the aircraft carrier, and it was completely preventable death because someone had done their job improperly. And so I walk through with the reader what that experience was like, what happened with that sailor in that situation. And, you know, the lesson there comes out to be that do the right thing, even when no one is looking, right? Because there's so much that relies on, especially in a, in a job like that, that you have to be doing the right thing, regardless of your boss is standing over your shoulder watching you. So being able to take those types of anecdotes, bring the reader along, almost like they're there with you in the cockpit as you're dogfighting, as you're conducting missions and doing your briefing and debriefing. Oh, no doubt. And certainly these principles apply to other industries or jobs where maybe if you don't do it right, 
it's not going to cost somebody their life, but it's still going to have a result that maybe is other than what you hoped for. Oh, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I, in fact, I keynoted a safety conference last year with a electrical company and, and they loved it, right? Because I use that anecdote about do the right thing, even when no one's looking. And even though it was a military specific anecdote, you know, you draw that lesson out just like I do in the book where, Hey, you don't have to be serving in the military for this to apply to you. You could be a high school student. You could be an early career individual. I've actually shared early copy of the book with some CEOs and, and they took away from these lessons. And that's, what's fun about this kind of a pairing is you, is you couple these lessons, these leadership lessons that are applicable to a, a wide range of individuals but you couple them up with these really fun Top Gun or fighter pilot anecdotes, which very few people have experienced firsthand. And that's where I think people really enjoy it is because they get to live vicariously through people like you and I who've had these experiences. And, and we can couple those up with some great lessons. No doubt. And so does this book get into some of the academia of leadership? So for example, there's a lot of books out there already that go into, well, there's different kinds of leadership and there's different kinds of leaders. Uh, this one sounds a little more maybe anecdotal. It is. I'd say it's very practical. And when I wrote the book, I kind of had two. It was designed to fly fast and at treetop level, carrying 24 nuclear weapons. Today, it bristles with smart bombs and guided missiles. The B-1 bomber, called the bone by those who fly and maintain it, is the most heavily armed bomber ever built. Sleek and powerful, the bone remains a mainstay of American air power 50 years after its first flight. Hey everyone, this is Ken Katz, Call Sign Primetime, and my book, The Supersonic Bone, A Development and Operational History of the B-1 Bomber, tells the true story of this magnificent airplane. In this book, you'll read stories told to me by those who were there and see lots of great photos of the bone. Anyone with an interest in modern military aircraft will enjoy reading The Supersonic Bone, available through the usual online retailers and aviation booksellers. Pick up your copy today. Well, I guess really three audiences in mind, and that's why I really appreciated your input, right? I mean, it, I shared the the manuscript with with quite a few people just to see how it would resonate with different audiences. Everyone like yourself, a prior Top Gun instructor, right? So you're going to be my hardest audience and my toughest critic to impress because you have flown, just like I have, those types of missions. So I wanted to make sure that they were accurate and they fairly represented the school. On the flip side, you know, this is a book that I wanted to be able to hand to my 13-year-old who's just now getting ready to finish up middle school and say, hey, these are 10 life lessons that I learned through painful experience, but you know, you can gain a lot from this. And he loved the book. And then, of course, you've got mm. kind of everyone in between where you've got uh, people who are midpoint in their career or you have those high school graduates, college graduates. And I think the, the fun thing about this is that the two pieces of feedback I've received universally have been that it's a very easy, quick read, which is good. That's what I wanted especially for the younger audience. But then also it's being seen as, hey, it's a great giftable book, mm -hmm. uh, meaning that people can see it and go, my gosh, I want to get this for my son, my daughter. I want to get this for a friend of mine because I think that they'll benefit from it. Yeah. And I think it's, uh, I'm no academic in this regard, but I think it's true that humans tend to do better with stories, right? So if you just had a book on facts, that's one thing, but we don't retain that as well as stories. So the way you've written this book makes it that we can put ourselves in the story and really digest the lesson as it's happening, because we're kind of right there living it with you as you tell each of these 10 stories. Yeah, that's right. And I would agree with you. I've gained a lot throughout my career. You know, there's a former 
Kennedy School instructor named Clayton Christensen. He'd written some great books about leadership and organizational philosophy. And you're right. I mean, I loved all those types of books, but the ones that I always remember are the ones that are heavily based into storytelling. And that's exactly the mm-hmm. approach I wanted here. I wanted something that people could pick up and and basically you sneak in the leadership lessons, but you're telling a lot of great stories. And that's why people get hooked. Yeah. All right. So tell us what it's called again. So the book is Top Guns, Top 10, Leadership Lessons from the Cockpit. Okay. And where can people find it? Sure. So you can find it basically any place, you know, your bookseller. So it's a local bookstore will have it, but also Amazon, Barnes and Noble, et cetera. Okay. Now, Bus, as you know, a lot of times we help folks that we care about promote books on this show. And one way to do that is to frankly give a couple away. Are you interested in doing that? Yeah, you bet. In fact, I'd ask my publisher to send me uh, three or four extra copies, which I just received last Friday. So they've got your name on it. Happy to donate those to uh, your fan base and get those out into some hands for for an early look. Cool. Well, tell you what, when we air this little bonus, which should be here in the next day or two, we will start a giveaway like we often do. And we'll have different ways you can earn points. And at the end, the King Sumo, which is just the system we use, uh, it'll pick a couple winners. And I think what we'll do, uh, Bus, instead of my name, I appreciate it and I understand what you're saying, but maybe what we'll do is we'll put you in touch with the winners and maybe you can put their names in it. Yeah, no, I like that. So happy to go ahead and offer up three books and please do that. Uh, Go ahead and let me know what King Sumo comes up with. And I'm happy Happy to send those three books directly to those individuals. I'll autograph it and inscribe it as well. Outstanding. All right. So if you're listening to this and you're interested in Guy Snodgrass's latest book, The Top Gun Top Tens, well, go to probably our easiest thing is just to go to our Facebook page. You'll see a link to the giveaway there, but you can always follow us on all our other social media and and we'll generally have links there and uh, sign up for that and we'll let it run for a few days, maybe a week, and then we'll get those books out to folks. Uh, Guy, really appreciate that. Other than that, what else is on your uh, project list? Are you, you going to keep writing? Uh, what else are you doing these days? Yeah, I mean, I've I've kind of got several things running simultaneously. I'm still working with clients through my own company, Defense Analytics. So I've really enjoyed that. Good. As you noted earlier, I've enjoyed having the conversations like you yourself with uh, Holding the Line podcast. And I do have two more books that I'm kind of eyeing that I'd like to write and, uh, you know, it's, it's been fun. I'm, I'm really, I think the thing I've kind of gravitated towards over the last, say, two to three years, and, and I seem to be finding really good purchases with the advent of artificial intelligence and machine learning. I had started off uh, even, I guess, tail end of high school, but certainly into college and grad school, actually did computer programming, you know, as a computer science guy and, and had done mm-hmm. artificial intelligence, neural network coding back in the ni- you know late 1990s, early 2000s. So I guess I'm dating myself now, but <laughs> you know, it, that's come in really handy because that has suddenly two decades later become the hot new thing. And so not only as a practitioner, someone who is versed in national security and foreign policy at the top levels of our federal government, but also the ability to actually know what's real with artificial intelligence. What can it do? And then also what are the pitfalls you have to avoid? Right. And I don't know if it was your first article, but certainly in light of the results of the AI versus human BFM derby the other day, you had at least one Forbes article there. And I think I was able to contribute to that. Yeah, that was great. Thanks again for doing that. You had a great quote. And in fact, it was interesting to see how all these things in the media space work, but to see that not only did you contribute to the Forbes article, but then you and your quote were subsequently picked up by other outlets, which I thought was great. It's a testament not only to the 
fantastic quote you gave me, but also to just the uh, expertise that you're offering your your team here for the Fighter Pilot Podcast. Outstanding. Well, I believe in the mantra that the rising tide lifts all the ships. And so that's why you're back here today to let us know what you're up to. Do appreciate the update and certainly hope your second book and all your other endeavors go well. And uh, what else have you got for us? You know, I really appreciate the opportunity. And I think, you know, we didn't necessarily dive into the content of the book. I know you want to leave that to the uh, listener's imagination, but you know, talk about just a fun project. I can't wait to get the feedback from the three listeners who are going to be winning copies of the book, but also just your greater, Mm -hmm. you know, fan base, because that's, like you said, it's storytelling, but it's, it's really less about me. And it's a lot more about pushing forward the men and women who I was honored to serve alongside. And so, you know, you're, you're always exposed to these amazing people. So to be able to put kind of some of their stories onto the pages of this book or, and into an audible book, uh, really looking forward to getting out there and, and also hearing, you know, the difference it makes in people's lives. Yeah. Well, and I think it's such an interesting situation that you find yourself in because you've had these amazing opportunities. Now, granted, you worked hard and you had the talent to get to where you got, but you then turned around and said, look, I'm not going to just sit on this like so many of us do, which I'm not saying they're wrong, but you have all these amazing experiences first as a naval officer, but then also as an F-18 pilot and top gun instructor. And so in a way, even though you're out of the military, you're really still serving people because you're sharing these things and your expertise. Well, look, that's something I really enjoyed about serving with Secretary Mattis when I was in his front office as a communication director and chief speechwriter, right? I mean, Mm. if ever there was a renaissance right now, both within, I think, uniform circles, but certainly outside of uniform circles across America. I mean, Mm. I think one thing we've seen in the pandemic is people have refound their love for reading. And as I look back over my life, let alone career, that made such a huge impact. I mean, I mean, as a kid growing up, I was reading all the books I could find on fighter planes and on, you know, the U S military, because that's just what I naturally gravitated towards. And then as I got into the military, you're reading leadership books. I mean, it's the only time in your life you can really just escape outside of whatever it is you currently do. And you can kind of explore these new realms, these new opportunities at a very low cost, right? I mean, it's like, Hey, I go to the library, I check out a book and now it's opened up a whole new world and maybe Frankly, it's something incredibly exciting that puts me on a new path. And I found that to be true throughout my career. And I think it's true for a lot of men and women out there. So I'm looking forward to having just one small part of contributing to that. Oh, no doubt. And I commend you for that. I personally wish I could get my three sons a little more into books and a little less into their electronics. But I I think people who do discover good books find that there's just such a wealth of information available there and you're contributing to that overall school of thought. And so we do appreciate it. And we also appreciate you stopping by today, Bus, and uh, remind the listener where they can follow you. Yeah, thanks. Uh, you can follow me at Twitter at Guy Snodgrass. I'm also on LinkedIn and Facebook. And of course, I've got the podcast that you've already mentioned, Holding the Line, which you can find uh, everywhere from Anchor FM, Apple, Google Podcasts, etc. Excellent. All right, well, thanks again for stopping by today. You bet, Jello. Thanks again. Thanks to our title sponsor, National University. National University is committed to supporting veterans, active duty personnel, and military families through flexible online courses and master's and doctoral programs in high-demand fields, providing excellent career advancement opportunity. National University is a yellow ribbon school that proudly accepts the post-9-11 GI Bill and goes the extra mile by offering additional assistance to cover expenses that may not be covered by the GI Bill. To learn more, visit nu.edu forward slash veteran.